0: Hey, everybody. Uh, What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Winter Circle. I am your host, Anthony Wynn. It is good to be back. Um, I hope everybody had a good holiday season. Safe to say, mine could have been slightly better, but that's neither here nor there. I had a little bit of a hiatus, had some personal things we had to deal with this past week, so that's why you didn't get an episode on Friday. I do apologize for that, but uh, a lot has happened. A lot has happened since the I last spoke to y'all. Um, Judge is captain of the Yankees. He's finally, uh, he was named captain at his press conference um, after he re-signed with the Yankees. 16th captain in franchise history, first since Jeter, which, by the way, has already been eight years. That's fucking crazy, ain't it? I remember watching the last home game crying in my, uh, in my room, watching on TV. Oh, man, brutal days. I remember that. But uh, So, no, they, they, they named him captain. And Knicks naturally go on an eight-game win streak, and it's so funny. I had notes planned for last week's episode already, and it was when they had just gotten off the eight-game win streak, like when they lost to the Raptors. Um, but <laughs> naturally, they they go ahead and win eight straight, turn around, and lose five straight. So we'll get into the Knicks a little bit. Um, Oh, I almost forgot what the hell is going on with Carlos Correa and the Mets. That's been a whole fiasco situation that I'll get into. Um, The Giants, they go out, they win against Washington. I called that a must-win game. They went out and won it. First time Daniel Jones has won a primetime game um, so they proved a lot to me in that game, uh, obviously, you know, it's been a while since I spoke to y'all, they, they went ahead and played the Vikings after that game last week, and should have won that game, um, Vikings, by the way, who are the biggest frauds in the league, but we'll get into all that, uh, they got a win in your end game against Indy this week, so we'll see what happens there, but we'll get into all that, and the Jets just keep losing, man, and, it's so crazy the kind of turnaround that this season has had. It went from so high, you know, five and two, you know, just looking really good. Now you are seven and nine. Zach Wilson has not looked good in those last two games with Mike White being out. He gets benched again. This has been a complete shit show for the for the Jets. But Mike White is cleared to play this week, so we'll see what happens. But the Jets now they need a lot of help to get into the playoffs. So yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. That's a whole bunch going on, but I'm going to go ahead and start off with the Yankees, all right? And I remember the last time I got on here and was getting at Yankee fans, you know, just everybody just being the impatient fan that they are and and just, you know, once one thing happens, they're already waiting for the next thing. Well, we're still waiting for the next thing. So Obviously, Judge is captain. I'm going to get into that a little bit. 16th captain in franchise history. First time uh, the team has had a captain since Jeter, which, again, I said was eight years ago, which is crazy. It's about damn time. I mean, we all knew it was going to happen, right? We all knew it was going to happen um cool you know interview with judge at, at the end of the press conference you know he when when he was speaking with hal about being named the 16th captain and everything like that they brought up Munson. you know just all the names willie randolph jeter obviously uh um uh, shit ruth was a captain but yeah man it's just it's crazy it's cool man it's cool to see he said he was left speechless and i bet he was this whole process for judges must be just an a whole like just an elating process. Imagine you you, you go into the season, <laughs> you go into last season, getting offered seven years, two thirteen and a half, feel disrespected, and you should have been. And then the Yankees go out and drop the, the that off, like as far as like the details, they go out and drop that, piss you off even more. You go out and have the greatest season. Anyone could have one of the easily one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen, and you get your contract. Just the whole whirlwind, think everybody thinking you were going to the Giants. Then you get the fucking phone call from Hal. You don't even mean this. You you weren't even planning to stop off at the winter meetings with your wife. You just went just to see the just to test the waters again. Just a whole whirlwind of emotions and a situation that was crazy end up signing with the Yankees, You now you're the 16th captain, and it's just about damn time, man, I mean, that's just the, you know, that was just the icing on the cake in this whole situation, I'm going to get into what the Yankees should do, or haven't done, or whatever, but it's just been nice to just see, like, it, it was just a great day for Yankees fans, when we got our 16th captain, and, and, you know, he's just going to be a forever Yankee, and I'm, I'm still, I'm like a i I'm so, for... To use a word that my college buddies would laugh at, ecstatic right now about that whole situation. Um, now, you know, I'm, you know, what do they need to do now? I mean, I got off last time talking about how, you know, they need to do something in left field and they need to get rid of Donaldson's money and all that fun stuff. Well, since then. Donaldson doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Cashman came out and said he's going to be the third baseman for this year, so we could scratch that idea. Uh, it's going to be hard to move Hicks's contract. No one really wants him. He's aging, and he hasn't stayed healthy, so we'll probably have him on the roster again. Uh, I don't give a shit about that as long as he's not starting. He can't be the starting left fielder for this team. Oh, I'm sorry. Hit the mic. Hit the mic. I apologize, people. Um, but he cannot be the starting left fielder. It looks like to me, they're not going to make a move for a left fielder. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess we're going to go with the kid Cabrera and left field. I guess he showed you enough. Uh, you know, I guess I don't hate it. We give him the time to see if he does well. And if he doesn't, then we can make a move at the trade deadline or something like that. I don't know, but... It looks like to me that's what they're gonna do, do in left field. If they're doing anything in left field, it needs to be Cabrera. Because if I see Hicks out there, other than a, as a you know a bench guy going out to give a dude a day off, I'm gonna be very frustrated. But for now, you know that's our options. So Cabrera in left, Donaldson staying means the signing of IKF concerns me because I think that means we're going to see more of him at shortstop again and I don't love that considering we have these two stud shortstops in our system that we saw a little bit of last year in Peraza and I mean it was clear on the defensive end they're clearly the better option and look I've said it before and I'm going to say it again I don't mind keeping these young studs if we play them. Like like they've been the they've been the fucking um, deal breaker in most of the trades that we haven't been willing to make because everybody wants them and we haven't been willing to get rid of them. That's fine. You know what? That's fine. But can we see them play now? Can we just see them play now? If Peraza or Volpe is the starting shortstop. I'm not mad at the IKF thing being a bench player or whatever. Um, I prefer IKF to play at third, but with Donaldson being there, that's not going to happen. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to do as far as the const- the construction of the roster. I hate, I hate that Donaldson's staying, but I understand not being able to get rid of that deal which makes it such a horrible deal to begin with to fucking even take him in in the first place. Excuse me. But we did it, and now we have him. So we got to bite the bullet there, apparently. Uh, See, this is another conundrum that I've had that I haven't um, heard much from Yankee fans or, you know, People talking about the Yankees, And this is what's gonna happen with DJ. I feel like DJ's just been thrown to the back burner here, and I don't understand why. I get that he's been injured the last two years, three years. I understand that. But I feel like there's reasons for that. We you know, we we tout DJ LeMayhu as this, you know, utility guy. We can put him all over the infield. It's great. And he can do that, and he does do that. You could put him at third. You could put him at second. You could put him at first base. You could pretty much put him anywhere but shortstop. And, uh, you know, that's great and all. But his natural position is second base. So really, here's what I was going into. One more move I'd like to see is trading Gleber Torres. And I know everybody's going to freak out. Well, oh... You know his bat wasn't that bad last year. No, it wasn't. And you know the problem with the problem with Glaber is the consistency of it. Glaber will go on runs, bro. Glaber will go on stretches. He's like he's like Stanton. He'll go on stretches where he's just flaming hot. He'll have a 10-11 game stretch where he is just going off. But the problem with it is that he'll do that and then he'll have a 30 game stretch of three for 40 you know what i mean so like the consistency as far as like his hot is really hot but his cold is fucking freezer ice cold like it's not even like playable and his defense isn't great Is he a better second baseman than he is a shortstop? Yes, he is. He is definitely more comfortable at second base. But at this point, I think he's clogging that area up at the detriment of DJ. And I think DJ's health has a lot to do with him being all over the infield. You know what I mean? I think because you hear Stanton say it, right? And I know Stanton is not the picture of of health okay but he says he likes playing in the field better because he feels more engaged in the game and he's not worried about all that different type of stuff like he's just not worrying about like all right if i take a step here it's gonna be bad or if i fucking if i take if i make one quick sudden movement this way it's gonna be a problem or when i get to the plate you know, I'm not all I can do is hit a home run in this situation. You know what I mean? Like, he's just he thinks more freely. Um, he's more engaged in the game, and that's good. Not that DJ isn't more engaged in the game whenever you put him at first base or third base, but those are more ta- like those. I feel like one third base for sure is definitely a more taxing position than second base, and first base is definitely a more taxing position than third base because, um, a multitude of reasons. You're dealing with runners down the baseline every play. You're dealing with the ball coming at you every play. You got to do these crazy stretches at first base to try to make a play. So, I mean, if, if... I say all that to say this, right? If DJ was just at second base, I think he'd stay healthy, and I think he'd be better at the plate for it if he was just strictly a second baseman, okay? And... I don't think Glaber's done enough or shown you enough outside of his first year that he deserves a full time roster spot on this team. I just don't, and I think DJ's all the way around a better player than Glaber. So that's my logic behind it. I think a move there should happen. Whether or not this is all gonna happen, I don't know. This is just this is just spewing from my general manager hat right now. That's just what I think should happen. Now, is it gonna happen? No. Most likely not. So, you know, that leaves DJ as the util- utility guy. And in actuality, it's not horrible to have DJ backing up at first to give Rizzo some days off. I don't hate that. And they'd probably, even if DJ was at second base, they'd probably be doing that anyway. Um, so really, this is all a mute point. But I don't know. I just think that's just one of the things they should do. Because I don't like labor I, 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 He doesn't run hard he's kind of like the second coming of Cano, although Cano's defense was way better than Glaber's. But I don't know. I, I don't I don't love Glaber. I hate Donaldson, and he's still going to be here. So, you know, I've been screaming to high heavens to get rid of him, but they're not going to be able to because that contract is stupid. But, yeah, so it doesn't look like they're going to do much more. But we'll see, man. They You never know. I mean, they, they always tend to surprise us with some craziness but it doesn't sound like or seem like anything else is going to happen with the Yankees this offseason. And now, that'll transition me into the Mets who are doing anything and everything this fucking offseason. Uh, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> I drank a lot of coffee, and I'm still drinking some coffee as I take another sip. But um, the Mets are going crazy. And really, the story of the Oh, the the offseason has been Carlos Correa. Boy, the roller coaster of events with this dude so far. Um, what in the world is happening right now? So, this is t- for those of you who don't know, and most of you who listen to this, I'm sure, do know. But Correa initially signed with the Giants. 13 year deal, stupid amount of money. I don't remember the exact uh, numbers. He initially signs with the Giants. And then all of a sudden, they decide to postpone his press conference the day of the press conference. So, eyebrow was raised there. Turns out, the Giants end up backing out of the deal due to a failed physical. Now, you know, recently, Correa has had a lot of problems with his back. Apparently, I'm pretty sure I saw a report on it. Apparently, this is about... His knee, maybe. Uh, I don't quote me on that, but I, I think that's what I heard the other day. And, but uh, I did definitely hear Buster Buster only come on and and talk about how, you know, at his age, the back problems that he's having, um, are very significant and are raising the, a lot of eyebrows of a lot of teams. And uh, anyway. Just, just long story short, they end up backing out of the deal. Well, it did, what didn't even feel like 24 hours after the Mets and Steve Cohen swoop in and offer and and finalize a 12-year deal for a stupid amount of money. I think it ended up being only like 27 million a year, so it really wasn't a stupid amount of money. Um, and they agreed to that. Well, now that's being held up. This was, this was all over a week ago now, and that deal still hasn't been finalized um, due to the same medical, you know, issues. Now, you know, it's crazy. I was going to come on here last week and talk about how you would think, you know, Steve Cohen, after the Giants backed out of a deal like that due to the medical problems, you would think that he would, like, you know, do his due diligence on the whole situation. And... That's what you thought he did when he went to go ahead and make this deal. Well, you know, after having some time and this deal not being done yet, I don't think he did that. I think he just did that was like, "Oh, here's another name that's free now again. Let's go do it." And by the way, he is best friends with Francisco Lindor. Correa is but and Lindor is the shortstop of the Mets. So, that's another caveat in this whole situation. Correa would be coming here to play third. He wouldn't be playing short. But I think he wouldn't mind doing that as long as it's Lindor next to him. You know what I mean? I think that's why he made the decision to come to the Mets after this whole thing with the Giants fell through. But now that this deal hasn't been finalized, what is happening? I mean, what's happening? You know, again, I was going back to that back situation. Correa, if I'm not mistaken, is only like 25. 25. Let's look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. Carlos Correa. Um, I'm sorry. Correa. That's what it is. I've been spelling his name wrong all day when I write these notes down. It's C-O. <laughs> um, how old is he? Normally, Wikipedia just pops right up. Oh, no. He's 28. Okay. So, all right. He's not as... He's not a like a spring chicken like I thought he was. I thought he was like 25 or 26. But anyway, it's still relatively young to have significant back issues like he's having. And so that's, that's you know, again, that's that's veering a lot of teams off of this. But um, actually, when looking this up just now, I see an article, and it says why the Correa deal should eventually get done. So I'm going to go into this a little bit. Um, you know... Look, Steve Cohen obviously wants to do all this craziness. I mean, <laughs> and and I guess you can argue that they needed a bat, you know, and this was that guy after that shit fell through. But it's just crazy. I guess, you know, they're talking about how this is definitely going to get done just because both sides really need to get it done. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's craziness, man. I've never seen anything like what the Mets are doing. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, this dude has over $100 million in taxes that he has to pay. That's more than some teams. That that That's more than what some teams are paying for their actual payroll. And he's just paying that in taxes because he's just, he he has money. He has over $800 million allocated to like seven different players. Now that's over, like a over their contract span, obviously. But like that's that's the amount of money that people signed to the Mets this offseason. That's what he's given up. So he's given up almost a billion dollars in payroll over the next however many years. Also, paying a hundred million dollars plus in taxes, just because he's saying fuck it, man. And I give the guy credit. There's no salary cap. Go blow your head off. It's not good for the game, but why the fuck would he care about that? Why would he care about that? The next CBA negotiations are going to be just like this past one where they had a mini lockout. I guarantee there probably will be no season in 2027, whenever that's going to be, that next negotiation is going to be because each CBA agreement is good for 5 years. Um so I, you know, cuz I guarantee these owners are about to go about to push for a salary cap and I highly doubt they're going to get it. So, it's just been a whirlwind. It's just been a whirlwind. We still don't really know. I guess we kind of do. I just read that article. It pretty much is just the Mets game now. There's no one really calling for Correa anymore or anything about Correa. This Mets deal is going to get done most likely. Um, It's just crazy times, bro. The money being thrown around, especially by the Mets, is something different. We've never seen anything fucking like it before. We've never seen anything like it before better go out and win a championship now that's another thing like this it is world series a bust now for the mets i mean mets fans you could say whatever the hell you want but you gotta go win a championship now period (laughs) period with the money that you have flowing and again more power to yankees did it for years so i don't want to hear any met yankees fans bitching about this (laughs) yankees did this for years and by the way, they're still kind of doing it. They're spending a shit ton of money. But um, not to this level. <laughs> not to this level. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, enough about baseball. Um, I don't even want to talk about the Knicks. They don't deserve time. But I'm going to give it to them because I was I, a week ago I was hyped. A week ago I was... I was I still wasn't bought in. I literally had a note right here. I still wasn't bought in. But they had an eight-game win streak. And there's reasons why I'm still not bought in, people. I don't know if you've watched these last five games, but every reason why I why I haven't bought into this team fucking showed its ugly head. Um, the coach wasn't great this week. Um, the players, obviously, you go look at the stats, you see some guys popping off, but defensively it's been bad RJ and Brunson been out the last two games this has been bad (laughs) I have my note here lo and behold everything I hate about the Knicks has come back to fruition it because it just has it just has look Randall's played like an all-star but again you don't have the closer he's not a closer all these boneheaded possessions late game it just it just I don't understand how you could play like an all star for three and a half quarters and then what, when it's crunch time, just be a shell of what you were. And by the way, people, I don't know if you see some of these shots he takes. They're horrible shots. He makes them, he's been making them, but they're horrible shots. If I'm teaching my nephew or like anybody, like anything about basketball, I'm not teaching him to. Dribble the ball for 13 seconds, and then in between the baseline and the post, and then do do a fadeaway jumper over two defenders. I'm not teaching that, sorry. And that's what Randall does, and he he doesn't have a handle. So like, whenever you see him make a play dribbling the ball, it's lucky because the dude's handle sucks, all right. And he acts like he's a point guard. Now, granted, last two games. You haven't had Brunson, and you haven't had R.J. on the floor. I mean, R.J. started the game against Dallas, but he was out within the first minute and a half with some freak laceration to his finger, a swipe from – I don't know what the hell happened. It was freaky, and it doesn't seem like he's going to play for a while. Um, so it was just a weird freak thing. But he's going he hasn't played – Brunson's had a hip thing going on, and we don't know how what the extent of that injury is, so we don't know how long he's going to be out for. So Randall, really, you know, Randall's the guy, and I understand that, and he's played like an all star. But I mean, when it counts, like just no one shows up for this team. I mean, you're up, you're up nine with 33 seconds left. I heard a stat the other day when teams are up nine with 33 seconds left in the NBA. They were 13,000 and some ridiculous number and zero and zero. A team had never lost being up nine with 33 seconds left in the game ever. Well, guess what? The Knicks just lost to Dallas the other night being up nine with 33 seconds left. But just you can't make fucking free throws. Uh, it, this this thing irks me to no end. I am no star basketball player, okay? I won't sit here and pretend like I am. But what I did play, elite free throw shooter, okay? Elite. It's the easiest shot in the game of basketball, other than a wide-open layup or a dunk, obviously. And I could never dunk. So, for me... <laughs> A wide open layup, even a wide open layup sometimes is harder than a fucking free throw, okay? Because you're still in the heat of the moment, adrenaline's rushing while the clock's running off the clock. While, you know, clock's running down, you know, time's running off the clock, you're still playing, you know, wide open layup, still shit, you know? Free throw, everything's woosah, it's a woosah moment, you're just standing there, no clocks running. You're just chilling, and you and you you shoot. You should just shoot, nice and easy. So, I don't give a fuck if you're seven foot tall or if you're five foot two, and you're in the NBA. Everybody in this fucking league should be able to make free throws with their fucking eyes closed. With their eyes closed, okay? Now, everybody wants to throw out this argument like, well. It's pressure situations, yada, yada, yada. It means something. I'm not saying it doesn't. But I'm sorry. (laughs) To miss key free throws down the stretch. And yesterday when you played San Antonio, you were, I think at halftime, you were 16 of 18 from the line. I was like, wow, this is great. All of a sudden, let's see, I got to pull it up left and right, clanking them. Clanking him. Everybody was. It it didn't matter who it was. Grimes. Quickly. Clanking him. Randall. Clanking him. Mitchell Robinson can't shoot a free throw for his fucking life. Every time he gets on the line, I'm nervous that it won't even hit the rim. It's just super frustrating, bro. It's the easiest fucking shot. And it's costing you games. It costed you games. Oh, my God. It's just... See, this is why I can't get into the Knicks, man. And this is why I can't trust this team. I just can't trust the team. Julius Randle goes off for 41 points last night. And you lose to San Antonio, who, by the way, is 12-23. and 23. Okay? I don't know. I don't know what to say about this fucking team anymore. It's just... Seventy-seven percent from the line, twenty-four of thirty-one. You missed seven free throws, and five or six of them were down the stretch of that game. It's just, it, it. it I don't know. I don't even know what my other notes were here. Oh, okay, yeah. I want to get. I, I do want to say this a little bit with Randall playing the way he is right now. Okay, I think he's averaged like, I think he's averaged over thirty in his last five games. And he's up to 24 points a game this season. He's playing like an all-star. And I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it as an all-star this year. Um, What do you do with him? I've been saying all year, it's time to either trade R.J. or Randall. And you just re-signed both of them. (laughs) It's crazy. You just re-signed both of them, man. But, look, I firmly believe, you know, Ver... I get Randall's your best player. Really, Brunson's your your best player when he's on the floor. But I truly believe this team is going nowhere. Like, what do we want? Right? So if we keep Randall, right? And everybody comes back and gets healthy. And, you know, they go on another another little spurt. Because, by the way, the East is wide open right now. I mean, the standings, no one's running away with anything except for the top two seeds, okay? So being a top six team is still not out of the realm of possibility for this team, all right? And I know I keep going back and forth on this, but look, man, with the deals that were made and with the coach that you have, where is this team going? I mean, just where where is it going? All right, so say we get the six seed. All right, so we play, that would mean we play the three seed, which is probably going to be Brooklyn because Boston and, and uh, um Milwaukee are running away with the top 2 seeds right now and Brooklyn is playing out of their fucking minds at the moment cuz Kyrie and KD are are just going off. Um You're going to get Brooklyn in the first round. All right, that's an L. <laughs> Brooklyn already showed you what they could do against you with just KD. And they smoked your boots. Okay? And you had everybody So, look, they're not going to win a playoff series. So, really, what are we doing here? What are we doing? We need to go get a closer. And I'm not even talking about, like, I'm not even talking about, like, the LeBron James, like, echelon, like, fucking needle in the haystack guy. There's superstars all around this league, and the Knicks don't have one. All right? I'm talking about these type of guys, the Damian Lillards of the world, the Donovan Mitchells of the world, you know what I mean, Jamal Murrays of the world, There's De'Aaron Fox, I would have loved De'Aaron Fox on this team, alright, like someone, someone you can put the ball, you can give the ball when there's 35 seconds on the clock and you're up two and you're Waiting for this. You're running down the clock. And they take a dagger three in someone's grill. Someone who could close a fucking game out. That's what I'm asking for. That's what I'm asking for. And we don't have that. So right now. You're not going to have better value for Randall. where he's The way he's playing. Okay. Because he is playing like. He's playing like a superstar right now. He is. He's not. Except for late game. He is not a number one guy. Okay? On a decent team, he's a number three guy. Okay? Let's just get that out of the way. But the way he's playing right now, he's an all-star. And you're not going to have better trade value. So what do you do? I say you make a move. You get you get a couple players and some picks. We got to figure out a way to get that Closer. And you just don't have... I just don't think the team's going anywhere. So just get what you can for him. The team is so frustrating, bro. The team is so fucking frustrating. Randall is frustrating to watch. I don't know, man. I'm I'm done talking about the Knicks. Let's get into the football. Alright? Let's just get into the football. Alright. So... The Jets have been doing absolutely nothing but losing. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) not just because of Zach Wilson, but he's been a major part of it. And, uh, you know, it's just been a fucking roller coaster of shit. So, Jets lose a huge game against Houston, uh, not Houston, against uh, Jacksonville, um, and it's just like, I don't know, man, they they benched Zach for Chris Strebler in the game, we could all, as okay, Jets fans, we can all agree now, right, Zach is done, right, Zach's done, you get benched for your practice squad quarterback, you're done, right? I think that I think there was a report over the weekend. Um, what's his face reported it on Fox, Jay Glazer, that they intend to move on from Zach Wilson at after the season. I mean, look, he's played like a like a piece of poop. <laughs> he's played horrible. He's been horrible. Second overall pick. He's probably the biggest bust outside of Demarcus Russell in in NFL history. In NFL history. I mean it's just it was just another occasion where Zach led an offense and they just couldn't do anything positive. Just nothing positive. Nothing positive. I mean Chris Scravler gets into the game and you actually move the ball. You put a guy who can't throw a football in and you did and he did better than Zach Wilson. That's all that needs to be said. It's a sad story, but look, man. I mean the Jets now they just need a lot of help. A lot of help. Alright. Mike White is finally cleared to play. He is easily gonna be the starter. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um he's the clear guy. Um What the hell what, what does this say here? Mike White is <laughs> Oh, alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's the clear guy. Goes into a must-win game against the Seahawks, right? So they're going to Seattle. Seattle's been reeling. Um, As a Giant fan, I'm rooting for the Jets this weekend. Because I just need to keep... Seattle just needs to keep losing. I'm cool with Seattle losing. (laughs) I just am. Um, But the Jets need a shit ton of help. They need a shit ton of help. And... I you know it's weird cuz they're gonna get it either way this weekend. Um so let's just get into that, right? So the Jets right now, what are they? 7 and 9? No, they're 7 and 8. I just went through all of this. They're 7 and 8. Um they got New England ahead of them because they have the tiebreaker against the Jets, obviously. And then uh excuse me, I'm taking a sip. And then, uh, Miami right now is holding on, <laughs> holding on to that seven seed, um, which is the last playoff spot, last last uh, wild card spot at eight and seven. Miami and New England play each other this weekend in New England. By the way, New England is a two and a half point favorite in that game, and uh, so you'll you'll get some help there either way. I think what you want to happen believe it or not is uh is a dolphin win and here's why New England has the tiebreaker over you so you don't want New England going into next week at 8 and 8 and uh who do they got next week I'll tell you hold on well actually actually You might want New England to win this game because Miami going being 8 and 8 you and this obviously entails you beating Seattle you're going to be 8 and 8 and everybody will be tied at 8 and 8. The Patriots have to go to Buffalo in week 18. Now Buffalo could have the one seed locked up and not even have to worry about that, but right now yeah, because they have the tiebreaker over uh, over um, Kansas City because they beat Kansas City. But the Bills play Cincinnati this week in Cincinnati. And I'll tell you what, that's the Monday night game. Ooh, that's a good fu- – that's the game to watch this week, people. If you're just an avid fan and don't have a team, you want to watch a game this week, fucking bills Bengals Monday night. Wow, that's a great game. So that's huge because the the Bengals are eleven and four, and they're only a game back of the of the Chiefs and the Bills. So who do the Chiefs have now? Hold on, we gotta look. We gotta look at this. Um, where are they at? The Chiefs have the Broncos this week. You know what, man? So that last game against against um. New England for the Bills might mean something, so that bodes well for the Jets, all right? Because if the Bills lose this week, which I think they might, I think they, I think Cincinnati's been rolling, bro. Cincinnati's been rolling, and I think they do. I think they beat the Bills this week. That's my hunch. That's a great game, but um, so that'll put the Bills at twelve and four. You got to think. Kansas City is going to go beat Denver this week, so that'll put them at thirteen and three, um, and that'll put the Bengals at twelve and four. So that means the Bills would have to beat the Patriots in order to have a chance at the at the uh, at the uh, um, the one seed, and they would obviously need the Chiefs to lose in Week eighteen. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so you. All in all, the Jets need to win out, but they need a lot of help at the same time. So, let's just get back to it. You go into that Miami game, because the Jets are in Miami to close out the season. You go into that Miami game, and all of you are 8-8, eight eight, right? And um, New England has um, um Buffalo. Let's just... For hypothetical pur- purposes, New-, New England loses that game, so they're out. Miami, you beat Miami. It, it's just it just comes down between you and Miami if New England loses that game. Period. If you beat my it, going into Week 18, you want Miami to lose this week, right? Against New England, you want New England to beat them, and that's about it. You're a Patriots fan. You want, to, you want everybody at 8-8 eight eight to end the year out in Week 18. That's where, that's where you want everybody. Because you got to think Buffalo is going to go in there if they lose against Cincinnati this week and absolutely destroy the Patriots. Okay? So that's good for y'all. You go into the final Week 18 game against Miami and winner of that game makes the playoffs, boom, you're in. You're in. But you need... You need New England to win this week. I guess you don't need New England to win this week. Now that I'm thinking about it, you don't need New England to win this week. Because if Miami wins, yeah, they'll be 9 and 7, you got to win to be 8 and 8. But if you beat Miami to tie with them at 9 and 8, you have the tiebreaker against Miami cuz then that means you'd beat them twice. And Miami right now doesn't have Tua, who hasn't played well. But he's out for another concussion. And if I'm him, by the way, I'm done. I ain't stepping foot on another field until next season, until I know I'm good. Well, but no matter what, at the end of the day, the Jets got to win out. I know that was just an elongated process, but I just I, I just realized that. You beat Miami already, so even if Miami beats New England... You know what, then, man? Fuck it. You want Miami to beat New England this week, so that way, New England, you don't even have to worry about them. You don't even have to worry about New England if Miami beats them this week. So you're rooting for Miami. God damn. I'm sorry. I just went all the way around on that. <laughs> hey, that's the beauty of this show, though, right? All right. Um, win out. That's it. That's all you got to do. And then you have a shot. Um with some help you need new england to lose you need them to lose um all right on to the giants man look everything is still right in front of this team the giants don't need much help at all because the help that they've gotten already from seattle and detroit and all those teams have has been great it's been great (laughs) because they've all fallen apart too um and that tie is a big deal it's coming back right now is a huge deal it's great but anyway, Giants won their quote-unquote must-win against Washington in that primetime game last Sunday, not last Sunday night, but in that Sunday night game against Washington. Went ahead, won that game. I called it a must-win game. It was, really. And they went ahead and won that game, thankfully. Look, i we can get into was there pass interference, was there all that. I, I, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Giants won the game. They go in to Minnesota last week, and by the way, I loved. I, I just loved how even even the New York sports radio guys were just they were they were just writing this game off. Like they didn't expect the Giants to win. They didn't expect them to get blown out. But they you know they didn't you know everybody's looking at the, this upcoming indie game, and obviously now you can look at it and say it because it is the biggest game of the year. Pretty much their play their first playoff game. Second playoff game because that Washington game was a playoff game. Um. um but look, man, they should have beat Minnesota. I felt watching that game that they were the better team. I just do. Um. It's funny I see this dude on Twitter all the time. His name is Steve Brdzinski and and I know you know. I've connected with him on multiple occasions through Twitter because I'm a part of that, you know, the, the quote-unquote company. Shout-out to the company, that Pietro and uh, Rothenberg fan base. So I follow him, and he's a diehard Vikings fan, which I respect. I understand. He, he's going to defend his team. But this this dude thinks they're going to the Super Bowl, and I'm sorry. They're, that, that team is not going. First of all, you have Kirk Cousins at quarterback not going to the Super Bowl. And the other day he was just like I love all this crying from Giants fans on New York Sports Radio. No one's crying, bro. And you're calling the Giants frauds just cuz you're mad cuz everybody's calling the Vikings frauds cuz you are frauds. <laughs> you just are frauds. You've won you're you're 11 and 0 this year in one score games. Your 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 scoring differential is a plus like 13. Okay? You're 12 and 3. All right. You're a fraud team. You're not blowing anybody out. You've gotten destroyed by better teams. Dallas destroyed you 40 to 3. Okay. 40 to 3. And, oh, by the way, so did the Eagles. They didn't destroy you like that, but you scored one touchdown and that was it. Okay. So come at me when you play some real teams. Oh. By the way, you were down 33 nothing against Indy after the first half, so let's not forget that either. I know you came back and it was the greatest comeback in, of, in the history of sports, whatever. Whatever you want to call it. You were down 33 nothing to a shit team, all right? You're frauds, and you cannot sit here and call the Giants fraud. The Giants are 8-6-1. and one. How are they frauds? You're 12-3. and three. Right now, have the two seed in the NFC okay you're a fraud team straight up frauds okay I hope you listen to this and get mad you're frauds and I, I went back and forth with you and I know what I said I said maybe it's just because I hate the term fraud because I do hate the term fraud I mean they did go out and win those games but in the, in the thinking back to it you calling the Giants frauds is a joke the Giants weren't even supposed to fucking be good. <laughs> I, I don't even know how the Giants. If the Giants were thirteen and or, or uh, twelve and three right now, or eleven and four right now, then I could see what you're saying, right? I could see that. The Giants are eight, six, and one. I mean, what's fraudulent about it? Huh? I don't know. Either way, they should have beat the Vikings. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what we're doing blitzing on third down. There's a third and 11. You know who they're going to give the ball to. They end up throwing a screen pass to Jefferson with a shit ton of space because you fucking you rushed like eight guys. And they put him in field goal range. Now... It's a 61-yard field goal. No one in Vikings history has ever hit a 61-yard field goal, and lo and behold, they do it against the fucking Giants. As time expires. All right? So, look, at the end of the day, the Giants were the better team, and they should have won that game. And we shouldn't even be talking about this indie game getting us in because if we win that game against Minnesota, you're in. But either way, that's neither here nor there. They played well. I, I'm still more happy with the effort that I saw in that game and how they looked playing in that game than anything else. Because I have a shit ton of confidence going into this weekend. All right. And you know what? I've been huge. I've been very highly critical on Daniel Jones throughout his career, and now this year I finally have seen. Wow. The The Giants really did him no favors his first three years. They just didn't. They just didn't, man. I mean, this is what he did against the Vikings with nobody, with Richie James being your top guy. Ready? He went 30 for 42. 334 yards, one touchdown, and one interception that I don't really put on him that much because it was just a great play by the defensive player. That's a hell of a game. I thought Daniel Jones was excellent against the Vikings. Throwing to Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, and Darius Slayton. If Daniel Jones is doing that in Brian Dayball's offense to Isaiah Hodgins... Richie James and Darius Slayton, boy, I'll tell you what—I'm hyped to see what he could do under Brian Dable when they finally get pieces around this dude and the pieces that they want. I can't wait. I think, all in all, he's proven to be the for- the quarterback for the foreseeable future. Um. And we're, we're about to see it again. Okay? We're about to... This is this next game is another test for DJ. It's another test for Jones. Because now... Oh, before I go into the next game, Richie James... Look, man. I know... I know we're depleted at this position. And I know like there's really not any other options. But... Richie James should have been cut after the Seattle game. That's just my opinion. And... He just showed it more and more against Minnesota. He had three or four drops in that game that were just drive killers. Now, you look at the stat line, it doesn't look so bad, right? Eight catches, 90 yards. It doesn't look that bad, right? Well, he was bad. Don't let it fool you. He was bad. Key situations, you know, Dave Rothenberg made a really good point on Sunday saying like, when you have guys that shouldn't be playing in key situations, playing in key situations, that's what's gonna happen. And that's what's been happening. I don't mean to shit on Richie James so much. I mean he's obviously an NF like you know, he's in the NFL, whatever, practice squad, you know, made his way. But he's only on this roster because Sterling Shepherd's hurt. Kenny Galladay's a no show. Uh Wandell Robinson is out. I mean, he's not playing unless these dudes are hurt. And they're hurt. So, I don't know, man. It's just mind-numbing sometimes to watch it because Daniel Jones isn't the problem when it comes to a lot of these drops. It's just frustrating to watch. But it gets me, again, it gets me more excited for when they finally get those pieces. And at the end of the day, all that being said, they're going into a game against Indy, and it's a win and your in situation. Right? Right? You get to nine wins, I've said it all fucking year. You get to nine wins, you're in. Alright? Look, I can go in to the, to the standings. I'm going to go take a look at them, actually. Because um, right now they have the sixth seed. Washington's behind them. And they had the tiebreaker on Washington, so we're not worried about Washington. Um, Washington, by the way is starting Carson once this week. So you could just say their their days are numbered. You got Seattle. This is why I said I was a Jet fan this week. All right? Seattle loses one more game. We'll be okay. You got Detroit. Detroit's going to play. Who are they playing? Detroit's going. Is at home against the Bears? Uh, we're Bears fans this week, but I don't know. I don't feel so hot about that game. So if Detroit wins, that'll jump them because I don't think Washington's going to win another game. Because they well they got the Browns this week so they might be they might win that game but they end against uh, Dallas they're not going to win that game um, then you got Green Bay man Green Bay who's on a resurgence and it's actually been fun to watch you know Christian Watkins Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watkins actually have a very nice chemistry together finally Romeo Dobbs came back they've been playing well and. It's kind of reminiscent of the the RELAX season. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh those are the teams that you're concerned about and you're really not because if Seattle loses that means you're not worried about them because they're not going to get to 9 wins. If um Detroit wins that's a bit of an issue. Um but again, I don't know. I don't know if Washington's going to win another game. I know they got the Browns this week, but I don't think with Carson Wentz at their at QB and not having played for a while, I don't know. I don't feel great about that for them. So let's assume Washington loses out, right? So that'll put them at seven, nine, and one. That there, then you don't worry about them. Um, then you have um, Detroit. Now Detroit's going up against Chicago this week. Anything could happen. It's division game. Let's say they win that game, that puts them at eight and eight. Mind you, this is all, by the way, assuming the Giants are going to beat Indianapolis, which they definitely should. Um, I'll get into that, but uh, let's say Detroit wins, so they go eight and eight. They end the season against Green Bay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, at Green Bay, that'll be fun. Um. This is now Giants being 9-6-1. and And depending on what Philly does this week, because the Giants end their season against Philly, depending on what Philly does this week, it's it looks like Jalen Hurts has a chance to play in this game. And if he plays and they win this game, they'll clinch the one seed. So, um, you know... They're probably not going to play anybody for... They're probably going to rest Hurts. They're probably going to rest a lot of their key guys against the Giants. So it's not out of the realm of possibility the Giants get to 10 wins. So, and all this is just a moot point anyway. But, hey, I got to talk about it, right? I think the Green Bay-Detroit game is going to come down to it. Who does Green Bay have this week? um Green Bay has Minnesota. And I'm you know what? I'm rooting for Minnesota because guess what? I'd much rather see Minnesota in the first round of the playoffs than fucking San Francisco. And if the ways they stay... If the things stay the way they are right now, we'd be seeing San Francisco in that first round, and I'm not thrilled about that. But, all of this being said, it's, again, essentially a win and your are in situation because you have the tie. You're not going to get to that eighth loss. Everybody behind you is already at the eighth loss, so there's really nothing to be concerned about. Get to that ninth win, which... I think it's going to happen against Indy this week. I think it fucking should happen against Indy this week. You got Nick Foles going in to play quarterback for this Indianapolis team that again has been outscored since they were up 33 nothing against Indianapolis has been outscored 59 to like 6. So I mean against Minnesota, sorry. The Giants need to go out and win this game. Point blank period. Win and you're fucking in, baby. Win and you're in. Let's go. I'm I'm so excited for this. This is going to help me get out of a crappy week. It's been a long week. It's been a hard week. Um, I'm glad to be back on here doing this with you guys. I miss doing it. I had a whole plan. <laughs> Just shit. So many wrenches got thrown into everything it's just been a lot but hey you know we're here we're kicking we're okay um yeah man we're gonna go into the picks now i haven't even looked at the numbers yet Mm. i'm sorry everybody Jeez. shout out to ferg by the way ferg won a thousand dollars towards a ford at the islander game last night made himself look like a crazy person riding the flag i seen that ferg that was hilarious that was hilarious but, um, shout out to Ferg. Um, I've been teasing a show with him for the longest time. And I just, you know, it's going to be hard. We'll figure it out eventually. Um, so yeah, man, let's just get to the picks. All right, I'm going to go through most of the games. We had Dallas at Tennessee last night. Dallas covered the 10. Mm. I'm sorry. God damn. I know that's gross for everybody. I apologize. Um, they were 10-point they were favorites. They obviously covered that. They won by 14. I didn't pick Dallas. Um, you got New England and Miami at New England. New England's a 2.5-point favorite. Uh, mm, I'm staying away from that. Teddy Bridgewater's playing for Miami. I don't know. Not in love. Not in love with that. Um, Cleveland at Washington with Carson Wentz. That quarterback and Deshaun Watson not playing so well, I'm going to stay away from that game as well, I believe. Arizona at Atlanta. Arizona looks really bad with their ba- with their third-string quarterback right now. I don't know if Colt is cleared to play because he was in concussion protocol. I think I like Atlanta covering three and a half. I'm going to go with Atlanta there. Um... Jacksonville at Houston four-point favorites at Houston. I'm picking that all day long. Houston's not great. I know they're they're coming off a a win against Vegas, but uh, was it against Vegas? Who'd they beat? Hold on. I'll fact check that real quick. Um, Yeah, who'd they beat? Who did they beat? I think it was Vegas. Oh no! The Steelers beat Vegas. Duh, duh. The Titans—they beat. I apologize. I was way off. The Titans. Sorry. Anyway, back to the picks. I love Jacksonville. <laughs> it's crazy. Jacksonville and um, Tennessee. No matter what happens in any of these games this week, even though Tennessee did just lose last night, even if Jacksonville wins this week, that game is for the um, is for the division. No matter what happens with Jacksonville. That's crazy. That's crazy. Another shit division. But I love Jacksonville. um, Minus the four against Houston. You got, obviously, Indianapolis at the Giants. uh, Just for my sake, this game is too big for me to pick. Obviously, I would pick the Giants if I had to, but I'm not. I'm just staying away from it. They're five-point favorites at home. You got Kansas City. That are 13 and a half point favorites against Denver at Kansas City. I'm staying away from that. That's way too big of a number. I know Denver looked horrible last week and it showed um, in fantasy. Whoever picked up their defense, Jeez, that was bad against a Baker Mayfield led Rams team, gave up 45 points. Craziness. Anyway, staying away from that game. I don't, I don't love the 13 and a half. I hate those big numbers unless I think it's going to be a, just a true blowout, which i don't think it's going to be as bad as it was but um you got carolina at tampa bay that might be the first underdog i go with i love carolina giving the points at tampa bay plus three i think they win that game and that game is pretty much for the division that's crazy um you got detroit at home against chicago minus five and a half um i like detroit to cover that i think i'm gonna pick them to cover that that spread so what is that, for now? Let's see, what games do I like? Damn, they got Buffalo as a one-point favorite at Cincinnati. I'm staying away from that game because that's just going to be a fun game to watch. You got the Rams at the Chargers, six-and-a-half-point underdogs, staying away from that. Green Bay at home against Minnesota, their three-point favorites. staying away from that. The Giants... Or the Jets are two and a half point favorites at Seattle? Hmm. Seattle's a home dog? I don't know if I love that. Hmm. That's fishy. I'm staying away from that game. Philly's seven point favorites at home against New Orleans. Mm. New Orleans, excuse me. Eh, no. No. I think, the, I think the easier one now is just the San Francisco... At the at the Raiders, they're six point favorites. At the Raiders, uh, I think I'd go San Francisco minus the six there, and I think I'm going to make that my final pick. San Francisco has been nothing but great to me this year when I've picked them. So, um, and by the way, last week I know I didn't have a show. I went four and a push, which means this you know it, the final was the spread. I I think it was who did I pick for that? Who pushed last week? Let me see. Yeah, I picked Philly as a six-point underdog over Dallas, and Dallas won by six. So I had Philly uh, plus six, which just means to push, push, which I guess is a tie, technically. But every other one I hit, I went four, four, and four, oh, and one. (laughs) But yeah, man, just to run through it, I have Atlanta minus the three and a half um jacksonville minus the four at houston carolina plus the three my only underdog pick of the week at tampa detroit minus five and a half versus chicago at home and san francisco san francisco minus the six against uh the raiders all right well you know me that's normally where i end it and that's where i'm gonna end it today i appreciate y'all listening again i appreciate the patience Going through this crazy, wild week that I went through. Um, But, yeah, man, I expect to be back next week talking about Giants in the playoffs, baby. Again, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you all had a great holiday. Happy New Year. Um, Yeah, man, I'll see you next week. Peace.